Welcome to Verbal Art, a podcast where we talk about artsy stuff in different locations. So I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, welcome to Verbal Art, or welcome back, um, Copenhagen edition, while I'm here for the summer. I'm Senja Ram, and today we are in Brøndshøj Water Tower with Pernille Pedersen, who is an old friend of mine that I haven't seen for many years. But now we're here where Pernille just had a pop-up exhibition. And as you can hear, maybe the acoustics are quite crazy because we're inside this, yeah, an old water reserve tower, which is now used as a cultural venue. And what was it, 14 seconds reverb? Yeah, so quite a crazy room. Hi, Pernille. Hi. Um, what was the name of your exhibition? The name of the exhibition was Recreational Activities. Yeah, and one thing is that there was a bit of like a slight miscommunication. So Penelope was super efficient and had already deinstalled uh, the whole exhibition before I arrived today. Yes. So this will be for the first time ever a past tense podcast where we talk about what was from memory. But luckily I was here for the opening a few days ago, so... Uh, I can remember what yes. I saw. And I can remember the works. Yes. Very, very <laughs> well. Um, can you help me describe the space we're in for the audience? Yes. Huge concrete tower, 20 meters tall, apparently. Yeah, it's just like this cylinder tower. So it's just like a big block almost, but round. It's round. It has... I don't know, pillars? Mm, yeah, very tall pillars. Also made from concrete. Very many of them. Yeah, it's very like a brutalist, uh, nice looking in here. Yes, and then there are all these round windows that let like a little bit of sunlight in, mm. but kind of in spots. Yeah, it's uh, today is actually really warm and sunny outside, as this summer is like surprisingly good for Denmark. But we are inside the cold, dark silo here. Yes. <laughs> it's very, very cold in here. I didn't buy any ice cubes or anything for the drinks for the exhibition because I thought if I just put the beers inside the water tower the day before, then it will be cold enough for. And they were. And they were. Mm, yeah, yeah, true. Um, and for your exhibition, you had uh, all these pants hanging and lying around. Yes. A, a lot of jeans and a few sweatpants, which you had, they were curly and stiff. What did you do to them? Well, I dipped them in wood glue and water, actually, and then I shaped them in funny shapes but so that it was still a little bit flexible and then when I installed it I kind of forced the what do you call it the shapes to fit the building so like that one leg was on one side of a pillar and then they were like crawling around the, the pillar somehow or like fitting all the little corners and and stuff of the building. Yeah, it kind of looked like it was um, these like jeans, animals that were like uh, 
yeah, crawling on the pillars uh, or hiding a bit, similar to mm, the goblins in uh, Lord of the Rings or something. You know where they like, if you if people can imagine that that they're like inside this place and then from all these pillars and everywhere these things come crawling and stuff. So I think the genes were hanging a little bit in this way. Yes, I kind of imagined them like uh, these uh, slime heads that you could like, flop, and then. Ah, yeah, oh, you yeah, can yeah, never yeah, catch them again because they stick to the wall and really hard pile. <laughs> or some kind of mushroom growing, or... Maybe it's also just because we're in this very um, epic space somehow that I, my mind went to some large-scale fantasy right mm. away. Yes, which is very easy to do because it's <laughs> insane, this building. How many pairs of pens did you have installed in here? I think... Eleven. Okay, and some of them were even like tossed on the uh, horizontal uh, parts of the pillars, uh, quite high up, and everything. So you had to kind of uh, look around in the dark, dunkle corners, and like uh, your eyes were automatically moving around in all aspects of the space. Yes. And you had spotlights on them. Spotlights. Did you? point the lights to where you had installed the pans or did you install the pans where the lights were already pointing? A combination. Okay. Because they're mounted on each pillar but then you can still like move them a little bit around but I had some places in mind that I wanted to place them but that where the spotlight couldn't reach. Mm. So I ended up like placing them where the spotlight could reach but still mm. uh, making the spotlight reach somehow. And was it your own pants? Um, actually one pair was my own pants. The rest I got from the free shops mm. at Nürbo. Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, because now they are also ruined, right? Yes. Yeah. But actually I went to a lot of second-hand shops to buy them, but they apparently like it's super expensive to buy jeans. <laughs> man, man jeans. Okay. Or like in the man area section of the shops, apparently it just gets like triple the price. Was it important that it was men's pants? Yes, somehow it was. No, not necessarily men's pants. Uh, I don't even know if I actually would want to talk about it. But I had like one idea making kind of like these trophy pants but then like 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 uh, what the, when you stuff an animal yeah yeah after hunting and shooting it down um, but then yeah when i came to this building it didn't i couldn't make it look like a trophies kind of like it, it, the, the whole idea about them changed because of the space because of the space because first of all there are no flat walls well there are all the pillars which kind of function as walls but they're not um, I mean it's not like you have this one monumental wall where you can have them hanging next to each other no exactly so the, the whole idea with the pants changed after I came here like four days before the opening uh, and also in my mind I liked more to work with kind of 
can you say that in English, like animate stuff or like, yeah. what is, there, there's also a word for it when you kind of like make things alive or? Yeah, that is animate. Animate, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was more interesting for me to kind of work with uh, than trying to stuff these pants with meaning. Mm, okay, so the pants became a little bit like uh, uh, like creatures, because in a way a lot of them also seemed a bit like you had just tossed wet jeans around and then they had just like been there drying, like curled up. So I, yeah, yes. I, I didn't know how to perceive them when I was here. No, no, I also, like, I don't know, I, I really like to take like, like, small little moments of my life or things that I see. So I kind of saw these pants also as like a stiff moment or like a frozen moment like when 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 you when you take off your pants at somebody else's place <laughs> and then They just continue to lay there, and it's like there's so much like action. Like you take them off quick, you dump them, and they become like irrelevant. And I kind of liked to just freeze that moment of the gesture of taking your pants off quick and just tossing them aside because now they're out of the picture for yes. a while. Yes. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So okay, but that's funny. And then you had also a lot of bras in here, which you had uh, turned into candles. Yes. Explain how you turned them into candles, maybe. Well, okay, so it's like these um, typical push-up bras with mm. like this metal thing. What yeah, call yeah. It? Cup, cup bras. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Personally, I think they're very uncomfortable to wear. Um, and I kind of poured liquid gel candle into the cups of the bra uh, and turned them in that way into candle holders. Mm. But where the candle was like uh, uh, cast directly into the cups of the bras yes yeah how many bras did you have like this three three and then like a, yes a, one candle per cup so like six six candles kind of six flames six flames yeah, yeah. and they were placed around the floor here adding a bit of like uh, ambient light to this already quite uh, ambient space yes yeah well so I thought the, the combination of this uh, the spotlights that were like the coldest tone I could get them to be mm. so they were really like cold on this grey concrete and the combination of the candle light light I like to mix uh, different uh, uh, types of white if I do stage uh, concert light as well to yes. mix warm light, warm white and cold white is it looks amazing yes and I thought that both like like the, like the, the white white or the cold white became colder mm. because yeah. of the, the and the candlelight becomes very yellow yeah very much 
Yes. And what was the idea of making bra candles? Yes. <laughs> I wish I could say something really, like, because I have so many thoughts about, of course, like the works that I do, mm. but often... Yeah, I have so many thoughts about it. Um, so, in, in general, I feel like this whole exhibition or what I'm always trying to do with my work is that I like see stuff from like everyday life, like objects, tendencies, uh, mundane actions, and and things. Yeah, yeah. And then I just like to put them into new narratives somehow. That that then all of a sudden they tell a new story or they have a new function. Um, and I kind of thought that. Yeah, I, what is the name of Klossens uh, in, in English? Is there a translation? Oh, no, it's this Klossens um, is this guy from this old fairy tale. I think it's a Grimm's Brothers fairy tale, or that they collected it. Um, and it's this guy who is this like uh, he's a tramp kind of, but but then he ends up getting the princess because he is cunning and he has like he's resourceful. So. Uh, all these three brothers, they are going to the princess and they're bringing like the best skill or present that they can because she will choose the guy who is like the best choice somehow. And the other brothers, they're better looking and older and they bring like beautiful pearls or amazing skills or things. And Klaushan, he brings like an old shoe and a dead crow and stuff, but then somehow all these things they turn out to be exactly what is needed for the situation and shows how smart he is with his surroundings and the things he come about that he can turn nothing into anything somehow and yes. she chooses him yes i guess like there are two things in the story like one is that he is bringing something that she doesn't have already herself yeah where the other brothers are giving her pearls which she has enough of like she's seen it before and also she he surprises her which yes. is like, I think, a big plus for this bored princess. Yes. But what I see, I was just speaking with my friend about it the other day, like, I think the way I like to make works is also the same way he does it. Or like, I like to see the possibilities of already existing things and make new things with it. Like, not... Uh, yeah, just somehow like, whoa, then I fell over this old bra. Hey, <laughs> candlelight. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and like, these like, rushed decisions somehow, or like a quick new ideas and then they're not too overthought. So, um, were these works created for this exhibition, for this water tower? For like, were they created as um, as combined works, or are they separate things that you have been making previously, and then like chosen to include here? All of the works I've made before, 
Uh, even the video I think I made in 2017. So you used them in other instances as well? Well, the video from 2017, I didn't show anywhere. I just made it and it's kind of the same with all of the works that I never really showed it anywhere. Okay, but so they have existed separately and now they have been combined and finally like uh, found a purpose here? Yes. Okay, that's nice. Yes. So did you keep all these curled up pants somewhere like waiting to be shown or did you make remake them for this? I remade them. Okay, yeah. Remake them. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Now you mentioned the video, so that is um, we are moving slowly through the exhibition here, and the last part, I guess, was that there were two video works installed on um, small. Was it phones or iPads or similar? It was. I don't even know what the name of the screens are, but it's like no, just empty. No, just empty screens actually. Okay. Uh, that you can connect to any like a uh, media playing device okay. but like um but small format so similar to like an e-reader or a small tablet or something yeah yeah uh, and they were hanging one was hanging on a pillar and one was hanging um kind of under this oh yeah that is actually a wonderful part of the room we forgot to mention so in the center of this round space there is this wonderful um, spiral staircase it's metal but painted black and it's fairly narrow and then it's like a snake spiraling all the way from the floor to the uh, top of the building where where there is like just um, oven or, or, or like an, an overhead round window right so like this light comes in from the very top so you can walk all the way to the top of the building And kind of under the staircase, on the staircase, or, or under the steps, you had installed the second video. Yes. And both of them had headphones, so you could listen to the sound. And what was on the videos? Okay, so the one under the staircase we could start with is a video in slow motion, filmed in slow motion, filmed in Amsterdam, actually, of a horse in a forest. Mm -hmm. And I think the video is one minute and mm. one second long. Both of them were quite short. Huh? Yeah, yeah. The, the other one is one minute and seventeen, mm. exactly. But I think this one is one minute and one second long. Um, so what do you see? You see a horse. You see close-ups of the body moving in slow motion. Very sensual. Very sensual. Yes. It's a white horse. Very uh, like romantic, sensual. The whole like way it was edited. So yes, yes. <laughs> very much close-ups of the muscles moving, of the eye blinking, mm. like a little cheeky blink, like that. Yeah. And uh, so you see, kind of like these close-ups in slow motion. In between, there's close-ups of like a tree where this water, also in slow motion, is dripping down the tree. Yeah, water slowly running and drizzling down the bark of the tree. It was all very sensual, like very sensoric. I could really almost feel the water and the rough bark and... I don't know, it was like softcore uh, nature porn almost. Yes. It was also quite grey, the whole tonality and the horse was grey. Was it like a pun on Fifty Shades of Grey type of books where it's like this... Uh, 
Well, actually, I, 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 I put on this filter, yeah. <laughs> which is just called Twilight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny because I, like, even before I knew this filter existed and before I also like started editing, the whole idea was to kind of make like this teenage wet dream kind of... Uh, And now you say filter. I'm sorry for interrupting. I just want to clarify for the people who maybe think, "What a filter? Did you uh, like put something in front of the camera?" But it's in the post-production, in the editing yes. that you, in the so editing software, you choose a color filter. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. There's a smoke machine in the forest, so it's oh, running through smoke. like smoke, smoke, dusty, or like. Foresty, yeah. misty. Uh, yeah, you made it. It was very fairy tale um, looking. Yes, somehow. But in this great tonality, like the Twilight films a little bit, maybe if people have seen them, which is kind. Of, so, you wanted to make a parody, or on these kind of lusty teen things. Uh, kind of, yes. Uh, I guess. A parody, you could call it. Or, I never thought about that. Or like, word, um, actually. or paraphrase. I mean, yes, um, at least to like uh, this uh, figuring out sexuality somehow, and then also like the whole idea about like the prince on the white horse and finding the right person, and then also what happens in the in the video is, I think after like 40 seconds or something in the in the film you see the horse like kind of like passing by the camera or the screen and this uh, saddle is revealed and instead of a saddle it's a transparent glitter strap-on dildo yeah so there is no prince on this horse no uh, there is however a sort of uh, saddle installed that is just a dildo pointing up from the horse's back so that if a lady was to sit on the horse she would be straddling the dildo while riding. Or a man. Or a man, true. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Ah yeah, okay, so the prince on the white horse could also sit on the dildo, I guess. Yes. Exactly. Ah, yes. Um, Which maybe is why I was thinking this whole parody word that it's um, because when you see this dildo, you are like, <laughs> I don't know, it changes the video a lot somehow. Yes, <laughs> and also like, like, uh, like, yeah, kind of like a parody on on Twilight because now that you say it, it's 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 it is. I guess also that, like this whole, like, Twilight is super, super, what do you call it? Stereotypic man-woman dynamic thing. Yeah, and very much this uh, vampire trope of will they, won't they, oh no, they cannot 
so it's just pent up sexual tension uh, which can never be released yes <laughs> because that will be the end of the world yes. kind of yeah um. yes yeah, so I get so I guess my 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 I'm actually just trying to suggest new new ways to tell the same story yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somehow <laughs> I can suggest um, other options than the prince on the white horse and searching for the right person mm. to fulfill your life you don't need another person maybe to become whole you just need a strap on dildo or a good animal friend I, how do you feel about this whole thing with sexualizing the horse? Uh, yes, I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, this, uh, I don't feel so good about sexualizing any horses. <laughs> because, I mean, I mean obviously, like, um, it's quite clear on the video that no harm has come to this horse. It's just, like, chilling out, walking through the forest. But you are still turning it into a sexualized object without the consent of the horse like it didn't choose to be um, framed in this uh, horny way it didn't choose to ride around with a dildo on its back so at least that w- I thought about that when I saw the video I was like wow that is quite I don't personally like working with animals because they can't really choose to work with you or not yes and then, I mean, if it had been a person that you had filmed in, with these close-ups and put this, like, what was the music for it? Was this, like... Do you have it on your phone here? No, actually, I don't. No, okay. Um, this, like this, uh, actually, I just googled uh, free sound, uh, dramatic uh, piano. Yeah, okay. Kind of, so it's like this... Uh, uh, low budget uh, it's like uh, atmospheric sound that you can download for free so just like this chilled out uh, piano thing with a little bit of tension in it and so that framing with this whole um, I don't know something that looks in between a girly children's poster of a horse and then this like a porn situation and I don't know if you had framed a human in this way and the human had not chosen to be shown like this it would have been quite wrong no. yes so it's interesting uh, to choose to have why was it important that it was a horse well it was to reference this um... the white the knight on the white horse or like the prince the prince yeah. On the white horse. Sure. Yeah. And um, and this whole like the the, the the sexuality around horses also like uh, people who ride. A listener talk about it. Well, that no, but it's interesting because um, now you mention like taking off your pants quickly in someone else's house and tossing them on the floor and leaving them there and um, the bras with with like uh, candles burning and now this like um, horse video. This exhibition was quite a lot about sex somehow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yes, mm. it is. And that's also why I thought it was so amazing to do it in this water tower, which from the outside is just one big phallus. Yeah, in a way, it's this in the monument of the of the area of town. You can see it from quite far. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's tall and round. Yeah. Yeah, so like a phallic building. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I thought it was fun to put like uh, these works inside. Works that um, at first glance might not seem to be about sex or um, not presented in a way that seems super sexualized, but then when you take a closer look, you can see or or like when you're talking about them now, how how they came about or the idea about them, then actually they have a lot of like sex uh, somehow in them or I don't know, the idea of sex. Yes, but not not uh, in any direction I feel. Like I don't feel like it's like sex pointing in directions of something, but just like they're surrounded by it somehow. Mm. Also, one of the pants, one of the baggy pants, also had like this peach in the pocket. Oh, true. And what was that about? Well, it was kind of a reference to the peach emoji, also. I don't know what the peach emoji means. It's or like an emoji. I know what it is, but I don't know what the peach emoji means. Sexy butt. What? Sexy. Pe sexy butt? Like peachy butt cheeks. Really? Yes. Oh. Learn something new every day. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't think I ever used this emoji, but now if I ever do, I know what it means. Yes. yes. Now you can start using it. Yeah, a lot. For sure. Um, okay, but there was also quite like, so a lot of humor and, uh, and like, um, mm, uh, somehow like, mm, Casual incorporated sex, or and then there was this last video, which does not really fit into this narrative in the same way, which was a lot of humor and not so much sex. Yes. What was that about? Let's let's describe the video. So it's you driving on a scooter, and you are like running over this pizza on the asphalt, and you are drinking something. No. 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 My, I'm just making like a burnouts on this pizza, on this empty parking lot. Some some of it is also in slow motion. Some of it is uh, high speed. Uh, but yeah, so so the scooter is making burnouts on. The pizza, so it's like flying out on this empty parking lot. And let's, uh, for those listening who do not know what burnouts on a scooter means, what does it mean? It means when you hold the brakes and uh, and put the gas at the same time, the back wheel will spin a lot, and you can make like these, um, what do you call it? Like like, like r r rubber tire marks on the asphalt. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and sound really cool because it it's real. Cool. Yeah. It makes also smoke. Mm -hmm. And so this is how, if people see these marks ever on like an empty 
parking lot or something or especially like round circles and stuff it's because the young boys of the town were bored last night and they were spinning around on their scooters while being cool yes and this is also a little bit what you are referencing in the video right yes i guess i'm uh, also kind of making like a tribute to to boredom somehow or like the creativity in boredom like um, I, I, I'm just so fascinated by like what people st make when they're bored or like mm. when they have lots of time like like what ideas are like happening like what in the brains like uh, all of a sudden this this is a thing to drive around on your scooter and make like these uh, tire marks on the floor. Yeah, idleness really has a lot of uh, like quite potent potential in a way. Yes, mm. and it's kind of like um, that's kind of how I feel like I also do when I like find stuff in this world, <laughs> like. Like an old bra or this pant, and I see new potential, not necessarily very exciting potential, but just other potential than than um, what is meant when created. You know, like the scooter is not meant to make these burnouts. Like yeah, it's not true, but it can become a, a, a tool for drawing somehow, suddenly. It can become a tool for drawing, but also just to like... That there is like this thought function of a thing, but then when people are bored, they start to like experiment with the already existing things, with already existing functions, and then a new function is created, or like a new... Yeah, new possibilities. And this is mm. what I just really like to see and observe and I kind of want to make tributes all the time to this. And show other people how you experience these objects or ideas or concepts. Yes. Which is basically what making art is all about, right? That we somehow uh, manage to show people how we see the world. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, and so the music for this video was this um, 90s uh, Euro dance feel, almost like very... Uh, what I imagined that uh, would be the perfect soundtrack for someone making tire burnouts on a scooter on an empty parking lot. Yes. Like, yeah. Um, yes. This you have on your phone, you said, right? Yeah, I'm actually now maybe I just deleted it because really? I space on my phone. Yeah, oh, okay. I just thought about it. If you had it, we, if you have it, we can play a moment of it for this. Uh, and I mean, it will sound crazy with this acoustic, but I, damn, you you deleted it. Yeah, I deleted it. Okay, whatever. People can imagine maybe think late '90s uh, dance music. But maybe let's see. Because I send it on WeTransfer to myself. I mean, it's not gonna make or break this podcast episode. Okay. Um, 
And uh, did you make this music yourself? No? No. A friend called... Uh... His name is Peter. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, he made it. Yeah, so you had someone help you and make it for you uh, just like as a commission um, that you said, I want this type of track and then he made this type of track. Yes. That is cool. It's good to collaborate with people who have different skills than you. Definitely. I, th I feel like uh, that's the only way to make anything possible because you, I mean... You can't be an expert in everything. No. Luckily not. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, it's very that nice to work together. Boring. Yeah, and also like uh, new sounds, sounds, new sounds that you never could imagine yourself comes up. You know, like mm -hmm. when you ask someone else, and I just like that a lot. And, and it's uh, also not so boring to work alone. Hmm. And you were lucky, right? Because uh, well, he was here at the opening. Peter, we met him, and Penile had. Uh, contacted him very shortly before the exhibition and asked for this track so he made it like very quickly yes yeah thank you peter that was cool yeah thank you peter that was very very cool i think i i, I think i wrote him on like wednesday if he could have it done on done for friday and he delivered it thursday it came through wow that's really yeah. cool yeah okay don't ask people on really short notice for a thing for for something it's better to ask in advance so you have time but it's cool when people manage anyway. Yes. Uh, and what was up with the pizza? Like, uh, one thing is making these, like, tire burns, but um, why destroy the pizza? What kind of pizza was it? Family pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, I don't know, actually, because... Like, what was on it? Uh, I don't even know. The most important for me was that it had the uh, salad and dressing. Yeah, okay. It. Um, <laughs> it is, I don't know if that's an international thing, but in Denmark, in all these pizzerias that are not Italian, but more like Turkish pizza or something, like they, they just make pizza. But we have a lot of pizzas that are not like traditional, authentic, uh, whatever. And they tend to slap a lot of like kebab meat and um, like iceberg salad and then this like white mm, yes. cream, sour cream, uh, garlic dressing. Yes. I'm not sure it's an international thing to put salad and dressing on the pizza. <laughs> well, I, it's actually, I don't know because, like in Amsterdam, I always bought these, and this is also where the video is made. Um, you could buy like Turkish pizza, but that's like a pizza with salad and dressing, and then it's rolled, so you get. So a that's kind like of an like actual, maybe more Turkish style pizza, or I don't know, or maybe it's just this. Well, it was not uh, actually a reference to that at all. It was just like that I... You wanted a pizza with salad and dressing? Yes, yeah. for the looks. Okay, yeah, sure. And also because I like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and... Uh, yeah, so I'm in 2017. Mm. And... Uh, it was really important for me that it was a family pizza because I had so many different thoughts about uh, the family pizza and how like family dynamics, were, uh, how parents are always like out battling each other somehow, or not always of course, they're also like, but it's like, it, it, it's a big 
thing that then, like there's one parent who's always the one who's cooking dinner and then when the other parent is like alone with the kids then it's like ah let's have some really nice time and now we're gonna have extra special time and we're gonna buy family pizza because then I don't have to cook and do the dishes yes exactly and then (laughs) instead of like admitting that they don't know how to cook and they don't want to do the dishes and all this then they make it into an event an event which is better than the everyday life that the other parent is working hard to like yeah keep up you know mm. and they kind of like uh, what they call it d- d- diminish is that mm. yeah uh, diminish like the other parents hard work somehow by and like actual nutritional cooking yes yeah and just also just doing it every day is also like kind of yes. yeah, something yeah. you know and then this they, they, they kind of win points by by making it special and something extra. And I, this was like the, 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 the idea of, of this when I, when I started, when I wanted to make the, the video. But um, I have this with a lot of my works that I don't, like I have so many like little thoughts and things about it that doesn't really come through necessarily. And it also doesn't have to, but now that mm. we're talking about it, like this was where the idea came from. Yeah, it's yeah, also sure. not important that people read that into it when they see it. In general, I also didn't have like a proper description of this exhibition because for me it's really important that that people experience it and they make their own references and they they see what they see and not something that I wrote or told anyone to feel or think. Yeah, I feel the same way. I um, I like text and writing as a medium in itself, um, but I do not uh, ever write these long explanations uh, of text to my own works and have them like plastered on the wall when people are walking into the exhibition or something. I feel like if you need to read this whole uh, novel of of theoretical explanation before you experience something and can understand it, it's like a bit, I don't know, for my own works at least, I don't think that it contributes to the artwork that you have to read all this theory about it uh, somehow. I want to, people to just experience it. If I use text in my works, it's an incorporated part of the piece or the exhibition. Like mm. it has a purpose as itself in as text, like a typewriter where people can write things and read each other's text or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I never really explain anything. I like the art to be also just a sensoric or aesthetic experience or just something yeah, that you enjoy for what it is. Somehow I don't think it needs to be legitimized with some bigger purpose or like a well thought out ideas and words. I mean for some works it, it, it works really well and for some works it's like almost necessary to even be able to enter yeah yeah somehow. sure but but f- for my works for sure not and uh, yeah I, I even think it's really difficult to sit and talk about it because mm. I feel like it can even ruin the works mm-hmm. well you can you only say what you want or as much as you want yes yes yeah but now we're just having conversation about like how this st- how the works st- 
starts in my brain or like how, how like kind of what my thoughts are because I have extremely many thoughts about all this and I could well of course we can't really turn off our brains so we tend to just like think about things all the time right and yes it goes around in the background yes yeah but I just don't think that my thoughts about the works are relevant for the works mm. oh. at all that's fair enough and I mean, um, in a way, that's also quite nice because then these works and the elements in them, they get to like create their own um, narrative or their own situation. Then you put them together here, and of course, in the space, and everything affects each other. Um, but but it's also just they get to like exist on their own, even so, and be just like however people want to uh, perceive and judge them. Yes. Yeah. And and it also changes, like, if you exhibit uh, these works in another country. Okay, maybe not these works. Yeah, a little bit these works, because, like, in Holland, where the pizza video was made, there is no family pizza. And maybe it's not even, like... It's not a thing? No. I mean, oh. then you can get big size, small size, but it's not, like... Okay, in Denmark, the, the big size is always called family size. Like, it's a family pizza. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and and like I also made other works, which is like a Toskerovn <laughs> remoulade. Um, uh, I don't know how to explain Toskerovn. <laughs> it's, it's like a canned fish egg yeah. product. I don't know what the right words for this is in English, but it's like it's this very um, old school, uh, cheap kind of canned fish product. That it's actually you can not that cheap. Okay, but like in the big uh, gastronomic scheme of things, yes, this is like quite an old school cheap thing that you put on bread and eat. Like, yeah. Yes, you fry it also if you're you can fry it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like, but so if I show those works in Denmark, then people have a reference, like. Like you yeah. say, like you know that it's maybe yeah, like this, it's this like 70s, 80s uh, connotation for me. Yeah, yeah, cheap shit. Like when, yeah, I don't know. Like, ooh, wow, food on cans, and it's so convenient. Yes, or something. Yeah, I don't know. It has specific look. Yeah, I, I imagine the whole serving of it, how it looks. Yeah. Mm. If I show them somewhere else, nobody would know what it is. Then they may look <laughs> at the colors and the structure of the painting, and not the. Yeah, true. That's really interesting. Also, um, have you worked? At, uh, have you practiced this a lot? Like trying to present something in a different place than where it origins, and seeing how it changes with the new audience and the new setting. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I've I've I showed works different places, but I never. Never as a method, trying to... No, never to as a method. I mean, I've seen it also because I also did works with these go-go's, which was in the 90s. Um, what? The go-go's and the drago heads. Ah, okay, these little plastic monster heads that you would toss, and then it was about going as close to the wall as possible without touching the wall, and the, whoever won got to keep all of the tossed plastic heads, and then you could, like, swap each other. It's like a children's uh, plastic toy thing. Yeah, I remember. I had a good collection. Yes, me too. But it's also a generational thing. Like people yes. born like both earlier or 
later. They don't remember this little niche of uh, marketed uh, children's uh, thing that we had for a few years during the 90s. Exactly. Yeah. And also it depends on what country you're in. Also mm. some countries didn't even have them. In that, and, and, and also some countries had them later. Some had them earlier. Yeah, yeah, sure. So it's like yeah. different generations who know it. And yeah, same story as, as the Torskorona with Remolade thing, but like it's just um, some people can feel really attached to something mm. and be really like, wow, oh, okay, this is whoa. And then other people are like, what is this? <laughs> Or that it has, has been like an inherent, like a natural part of their um, life or, or knowledge of, or world, like pizza with uh, salad and dressing or riding a scooter or something and for other people this is like foreign um, elements that they've never been in touch with somehow or yeah yes yeah so that also um, is quite interesting because this whole driving around on the parking lot making like burnouts on the scooter it's not so much a big city thing it's mostly smaller towns where like the kids are more bored uh, maybe that they have to create these own like yes it's definitely things. a countryside thing and you are from a smaller town in Denmark right very small mm. countryside so did you make a burnouts on a scooter and eat a pizza with salad and dressing growing up <laughs> actually I did not eat pizza okay But you drove around on a scooter in parking lots at night? Not at night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But I drove around in scooters and I fucking uh, went to uh, buy cigarettes at the gas station on a tractor. <laughs> and was always helping my brother fixing all his cars. He had a really nice car we were fixing also at some point. Mm. So it, it's always been like a big part of my Yeah, childhood. This. Which is um, like a geographic uh, or cultural difference to me growing up, for instance. I never drove scooters. Yes. I never hung out in the empty parking lots because I am born and raised here in the center of Copenhagen. So I drove a bicycle and yeah. Yes. Uh, and not attracted to the, to the gas station to buy cigarettes. No, no, never drove a tractor anywhere. We <laughs> also did these games where we had to like uh, ring riding, ring riding. Yeah, like tractors. Medieval like sport. Yes. With yeah. tractors. Yeah, where you ride on horses and then you have this spit that you have to get through a ring that's yeah. hanging from yeah. something. Yeah, we did that with tractors, but then in back gear, <laughs> like going backwards with the tractor with a fucking spear and to like yeah just decide that funny um, yes so this is for me very connected and I guess like at the horse thing as a as a activity um, or like something I do I, it's I mean I grew up surrounded by did you ride horses a little bit whose horse was it that you borrowed for the video It's a, it was a farm in the north of Amsterdam. Uh, actually, a f 
the neighbor to a film studio that I went to shoot the video in or with mm. uh, their neighbors. I asked around because there was a lot of horse fields and I was like, hey, do you have a horse? And they had this one which was uh, both perfect like on the looks <laughs> and it was also really chill like it was a really like chill horse yeah also because in the video no one is like um controlling the horse it's just like walking around on its own in the forest and when i saw it i was like wow i wonder how she made it so chill just walk around and um without losing it um <laughs> carrots Okay, <laughs> so you would trick it to come back with carrots. Yes, in many of the places where it's standing, it's actually like eating carrots that eating. you placed on the ground uh, because yeah. you wanted it to be right there. Yeah, carrots and apples. And you brought a smoke machine to the forest? Yes. Did you also bring lights? Yes. Okay, so you had this whole like um, production setup and then like placing carrots strategically in uh, selected spots. Yes. Uh, cameramen, uh, wow, sound guys. Even though we ended up not using the sounds, mm. but we had like all this super nice sound recording stuff. It also mm-hmm. um, big production, and you as the main director guiding it all. Yes, how was that? Extremely stressful, and nothing I would ever do again. Okay. Uh, first of all, I don't. I mean, okay, so. I like to have lots of material that you, then you can edit it together mm. afterwards. But like this whole like uh, making a plan, arranging cameras, mm. film crew, setups, horses, like being a producer is a lot of work. Yes, yeah. and uh, this is, doesn't really fit so well with like this more immediate way of th- working and thinking that I have. Do you like it to be more fast in your process normally? That you can just like, grab something and do something straight away? Yes, so all of my other stuff that I make is like f- always filmed with iPhone or like mm. a smartphone, yeah. camera phone. And... Uh, uh, Yeah, it's, I think it's very important for me to just like think and do mm. and not do uh, so, yeah, planning. So normally the things you film are not things that you uh, plan on filming so much, but more like, oh, there's something I want to film and I already have a camera phone in my pocket because these days everyone has a camera in their pocket. So then you can just like on the fly create something or or like is that... It's it it's combinations also mm. like uh, like it can also be like that, that I get an idea mm. and then I can focus on the idea rather than the <laughs> practical stuff uh, which doesn't have because it anyways like the 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 looks also of like this a camera phone that doesn't really. Uh, catch all details or you know like that, mm, that yeah, yeah. Like a, of course the, the resolution and the quality is not um, 
like the same as a real video camera. Yes. And also, it is to bring a whole production to a forest with uh, electricity, you need a generator, and then you need uh, like all these cables and all these lights and cameras and sound stuff. It's a lot of gear to set up, it takes time, you can't move it very easily once it's already set. You have to be prepared for the weather to change, uh, and then maybe it will be impossible or you have to really quickly like uh, save all the gear or rainproof it so you can still work outside. I mean, it's it's a lot of work and it takes a long time. It takes a very long time. Considering that when you just use a phone or something, it's like press play and then you have your phone. Yes, I think it always carries some, some kind of energy that you cannot, or at least that I'm not skilled enough to create without it actually being there like so like for me the energy in things is very important so it's when it's it doesn't have to be quick it can also be slow motion or whatever mm. but it's just like that that there's some like a freshness in in it that I really like so you feel like the momentum of your moment of creation doing something like right when you feel it that that is somehow preserved in the works themselves yes like, yeah that's interesting yeah because true i mean if you spend half the day setting up and then you have to start working actually it's like you already spent the whole day setting up the gear and then you have to take a break and stuff and then you start I, yeah and then you also have time to like analyze and think like mm. uh, maybe it would be better if i do it like this and this and, and then it's already like overthought somehow or yeah. not necessarily overthought but it's more like it, it gives another layer to it when you have time to like reflect and change and and all this then, then all the like the immediate ideas well of, of course because when you control the setup you have to make a lot of decisions so if you don't if you work with natural light, natural sound, you have to just like kind of work with your surroundings. There's not, you can choose in what direction you film and like how you place yourself, but you can't like control the surroundings. So you have to work with what you've got. And when you have the lights and you have the uh, sound uh, stuff and you have, you know, you have to make decisions about how to um, create the surroundings for what you want. And then already there, you start like changing the world and manipulating what is like everything. Yes. Yeah. So of course it becomes more reflected and and it becomes fake in a way because you do create a synthesized version of the place. Yes. Yeah. Which is, I mean, also fine in some some situations. I mean, I'm happy with all the material I got for the for the this video with the horse. Yeah, and the production uh, level of it is quite high. Like it looks really, um, yeah, like it's well produced, which you could not as easily uh, reach the same look just no. with like one iPhone or something. No, definitely not. But then that's also what I think is funny. Then to put it on this empty screen, connected with all these cables and all the, all the, I don't even know what it's called actually. Like, all yeah. the information on the backside glued with like double-sided tape and like it's not a product in that sense like 
it's yeah. just so. a mess and really <laughs> shitty quality also. And I like to like then show this really well produced material. <laughs> and then you can see how well produced it is yeah, with, it's the sunset, pre- it's with a shabby setup. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, somehow. It's a good uh, a juxtaposition. Yes. It takes it down to earth a little bit again. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, now I, uh, I can't, my brain got stolen and I lost. Uh, I don't know if I had a, a train of thought, but uh, uh, is there anything that I have forgotten to ask that you think is relevant or something you want to say about these things or about anything, really? Um, these are the pigeons, by the way. Yeah, you could hear a pigeon right now. Um, no. Um, as I said earlier, I actually don't even like to talk about myself. <laughs> Sorry for making you <laughs> like unravel it all here, buddy. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, but that's one of the reasons why I also wanted to talk to you about this because I mean, a lot of people who study fine arts and work in this way, they have these very conceptualized, uh, theorized ideas of behind their work, and uh, which is cool. But I, I knew because knowing you, that you have a different approach uh, to things, and yeah, that you make different works or I don't know if one can say that all works are different from each other but but yeah I knew that you would maybe have different ideas and talk about them in a, in another way that it's like instead of this uh, very academic or very contextualized uh, you know I don't know it's mm-hmm. everything is a concept of course but like you say there's a different approach to how you work and what it is you want to do with the works Yes, and which is why it's so nice to talk to all these different people because I think it becomes apparent to those listening to more episodes that um, the whole process of the work or like from idea to exhibition is is the work in itself somehow that like you see the product of something but there are so many different routes to these like gallery walls mm-hmm Yeah. Yeah, I think one last thing is I want my works to be accessible. Yeah, what do you mean by that? That you don't need to know something or anything to be able to experience it Mm. somehow. I think that is a nice, sympathetic way of creating art, which is, uh, this podcast has a little bit the same idea. Yes. Which is why I explain words and terms and techniques. Well, now um, you didn't have 
that like uh, specified like uh, techniques. But in some of the episodes, I really like had people explain what do you mean, how do you work like that. What, yeah, because it's easy to just say, oh, then I did this, and then it, then I did some flocking on this, and uh, then uh, okay, yeah, 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 and yeah, I know, I think that's very nice also. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, okay. So maybe then we are done. Do you, uh, do you have like an, a website or an Instagram or any like online thing that you would like to share with the world that we can mention here? Well, my Instagram is mostly baby pictures. So not for the public audience here. Like, do you have some kind of artist site that you want to... Yeah, but it's not really updated. It would be sad to visit that. <laughs> okay. I think even maybe like I just had an email that my domain has expired. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, no judgment here. I don't even have a website yet. Okay. I am so far behind that I don't even have never obtained a domain. But do people like okay? But do people even use websites anymore? I really want to go back to a place where we used websites. Yes. I have feel like this whole social media reality um, and like. Um, algorithmic cookie uh, selection and stuff mm, I, I think it's getting old I I really want to move back to the time before social media when I would turn on the computer and actually check out the websites that I use to keep up to date with yes yeah like typing in a website and visiting the website because I knew that I wanted to go there um, I want to go back to this time somehow or like refine that mode of internet usage and also as the content creator then now with social media and stuff there's so much censoring happening and all these algorithms choosing what people see and whatnot and if you have your own website you have a lot more freedom with what you put on it so you have more control about layout and and content and yeah everything really Yes, and also I think what is nice about websites is also that you can make it look how you want. Exactly. So it's not like the same kind of feed. Uh, yeah, you're not forced to fit into some like pre-defined uh, uh, formats. Yeah. Exactly. It can be so great an experience to enter someone's website because it's like can be a work in itself. Yeah, true. Which is really nice. But they don't check out my website. <laughs> okay, we don't have to mention anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> well, cool. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your thoughts on and your exhibition or post exhibition here. Mm -hmm. uh, even though you don't normally want to talk for an hour about what you do. <laughs> I mean, also feel free to cut some stuff out. No, I don't edit them. That's like, it's a, it's raw. Okay. Okay. Well, okay, then don't take anything of what I said too serious. Okay? <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Sweet listeners. Sweet listeners, don't take it too serious. Yes. But that's maybe like your um, works also, that they are quite playful, and I have this idea that um, they're presented in a way that I am like... 
I'm asked not to take them too serious. Like there's a lot of humor and yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Not all art needs to be like political and revolutionary and uh, like uh, changing the world for the better. Or some works can just. But I think that like I think everything is political. I think all works are political somehow. It's just like how much do you feel like talking about it? Yeah, and how do you choose to read it? Yeah. yeah. That's true. And I mean, now we could start this whole new um, strain of thought on. Exactly on this. political uh, existence, or like uh, how something, what it means that something is political or not. But I, I say maybe let's not. Yeah. Let's just uh, say that this was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to just maybe make a clap in here so that people really can hear the the reverb, or we can and we can also do this. Vatrega uh, Müller. Didn't really work. Nothing. Apparently. It didn't really work. Okay, so it's this thing you can say in Danish, like what is, does Müller drink, and then the echo will become Ulla, which is like a slang for beer. But it didn't actually really work. Maybe the reverb was too wholesome. But let's try clapping. Müller. No. Didn't work like it's supposed to work. I don't know if it's a myth that you can do it. But we will end this podcast today with a. A long sounding clap and hope that it doesn't like um, blast the sound level. It was a bit, a bit weak, no? Did you hurt your hands? Yes. Okay, cool. Thank you for listening. Uh, and thank you, Vanilla. Thank you. Yeah, very much. Cool. Thank, thank you, you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. it.